What is going on, friends? Thank you for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. We here at New Vision believe that the gospel transforms lives. So we're going to take an opportunity to open up God's word and see what he has to say so that we can take the best next step to become more like Jesus. Hey, New Vision, this is Ben Curtis, and today we're continuing our Advent podcast by reading through the genealogy of Jesus from Matthew chapter 1, verses 1 through 17. I'll be reading from the New International Version. This is the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers. Judah, the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. Perez, the father of Hezron. Hezron, the father of Ram. Ram, the father of Amenadab. Amenadab, the father of Nashon. Nashon, the father of Salmon. Salmon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of King David. David was the father of Solomon, whose mother had been Uriah's wife. Solomon, the father of Rehoboam. Rehoboam, the father of Abijah. Abijah, the father of Asa. Asa, the father of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat, the the father of Jehoram. Jehoram, the father of Uzziah. Uzziah, the father of Jotham, Jotham, the father of Ahaz, Ahaz, the father of Hezekiah, Hezekiah, the father of Manasseh, Manasseh, the father of Ammon, Ammon, the father of Josiah, and Josiah, the father of Jeconiah and his brothers at the time of the exile to Babylon. After the exile to Babylon, Jeconiah was the father of Shiltiel. The fa- Shiltiel, the father of Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel, the father of Abahad. Abahad, the father of Eliakim. Eliakim, the father of Azor. Azor, the father of Zadok. Zadok, the father of Achim. Achim, the father of Elahad. Elahad, the father of Eleazar. Eleazar, the father of Mathen. Mathen, the father of Jacob, and Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, and Mary was the mother of Jesus, who is called the Messiah. Thus there were fourteen generations in all, from Abraham to David, fourteen from David to the exile to Babylon, and fourteen from the exile to the Messiah. Now Christmas is about a lot of things, right? A virgin birth angels appearing to shepherds in the fields, and so all of these amazing things were happening. So you may be wondering at this point, why 47 names? Why are we reading this genealogy? I mean, are we talking about Christmas, or is this an ad for Ancestry.com? Well, from the get-go, Matthew wants us to understand something, that the birth of Jesus is actually what the entire Old Testament was all about. The people of God have been waiting and waiting and waiting with anticipation and expectation for this exact moment when Jesus would be born. So there's there's all this backstory, and Matthew wants us to see and wants us to understand uh, that by beginning his gospel with this genealogy. He wants us to see Jesus' birth 
is rooted in history. So he presents this family tree, if you will, and he wants to tell us a story with these names. But specifically, he's wanting his Jewish readers to see something, that Jesus is the divine son of David. And and even does this in an artistic way, a very creative way, uh, because if you take the consonants of David's name uh, and you add up their numerical value, it equals 14. So Matthew, what he's actually doing to show that, that Jesus is actually the, the son of David, uh, the descendant of David, uh, Matthew actually gives us 14 names in three different lists. And in that first group of 14 names that we read, he basically goes from Abraham to David. And then he lists from David to Josiah. So in other words, from the high point in Israel's history under the greatest king uh, to the last king before the Babylonian captivity. And then in that last section that we read, he goes from Jeconiah, the son of Josiah, who was the first king in, in Babylonian captivity all the way to the Messiah. So he, he's structuring this. Everything is designed to communicate to the reader that Jesus is this long-awaited Jewish Messiah from the line of David. He's the Prince of Peace. He's the one who has come to establish that kingdom that God promised to David, that kingdom that would never end. He said, David, someone will always sit on your throne, and Jesus is the fulfillment of that. Now, another interesting detail um, about this genealogy is that Matthew includes the names of five women. And, and that was really unheard of. Jewish genealogies typically only included men, but Matthew includes the names of these women. And, and what's interesting about these women, we don't really have time to go in depth, but, but they're, all, they're, they're not very exemplary in their character. So for example, uh, Tamar is mentioned. You can read about her in Genesis 38. And, and then there's Ruth, a Moabite, a foreigner, God had told the Jewish people, you know, don't marry Moabite women. And yet here she is. Ruth is in the genealogy of the Savior. And so Jesus has foreigners uh, in his family tree. And, and then there's a prostitute in the genealogical line. And Rahab had hid the Jewish spies who were spying out the land of Canaan. And so uh, some interesting things about this. But, you know, here's a couple of takeaways from this genealogy. One um, this genealogy just really encourages me to have greater faith in God because there, ultimately there's no promise that God cannot and will not keep. You remember God promised Eve. We talked about that earlier in this podcast series. Uh, he said to Eve, your, your seed, your offspring, there's going to be one who comes to crush the serpent's head. And then later uh, in Genesis 12, God promised Abraham and Sarah that, that this seed would actually come through them and, and would be a blessing to all the nations of the earth. And even though that promise wasn't ultimately fulfilled until thousands of years after Abraham died, God still kept his promise because Jesus was that promised seed. And then later, God made promises to, to David that he would have this kingdom that would never end and that he would always have a descendant to sit on his throne. And God kept his promise again to David. Jesus Christ is that one who sits on the throne of David. But you know what's even more amazing is that God is able to keep his promise in spite of sin. Because as you read through this genealogy, it's just a reminder there were so many turns and pivots in the road. And at times it looked like God's promises might fail. Like he might not, God might not actually be able to pull this off. It looked like God might not be able to overcome the sinfulness of humanity, but yet we see God still kept his promises. 
So let's take Abraham, for, for instance. God made these unbelievable promises to Abraham. He told Abraham in, in, in Genesis 12 and 15 and then in, in chapter 17, your descendants will be as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. But then you start looking at some of the choices that Abraham made. And for starters, he almost allowed his wife to be in the arms of another man in order to protect himself. And then he had a sexual relationship with Sarah's servant so that they could bring about God's promise through their flesh instead of allowing God to accomplish it in his way. And But you know, despite Abraham's unbelief, despite his sinfulness, God kept his promises. Think about David, uh, Israel's greatest king, you know, the guy, the boy who killed Goliath, a man after God's own heart, uh, a man who sat on a throne that, that God said was going to be established forever. God was going to make David's family and his throne into this dynasty, and the Messiah is going to be one of his descendants. But, but then we read about David in, in spring when he should have been out leading his army into battle. His spiritual life had just deteriorated to this point that he was out on the balcony of his castle. He was watching a lady bathe in a nearby courtyard, and he had an affair. And didn't even stop there. He tried to cover it up by having Bathsheba's husband murdered. And we all know the story. Nathan the prophet came and confronted him, and he did repent. But but his family was just in disarray the rest of his life, and, and his kingdom never was again what it once was. And yet, God's promises continued. After the death of Uriah, David married Bathsheba. We know the first child died, but not long after that, they had a second child named Solomon, and God gave Solomon this privilege of building his temple. He was one of the wisest men in the ancient world. People would travel from various parts of the world to talk with him, to ask him questions, and, and he wrote a significant number of, of proverbs. And yet Solomon even, the wisest man, he put himself in a place of, of spiritual compromise by marrying foreign women who led his heart uh, into idolatry. And, and yet God kept his promises. Here's my point. You know, as we read through this genealogy, it's just a reminder that, that there's nothing that man can do that will stop God from establishing his eternal reign. That ought to give us some hope. We need that kind of hope here at Christmas time, that we, we know a God and we pray to a God who can overrule and overcome what people intend for evil. And so we can take great hope and courage knowing that the God that we worship is a God who will accomplish his will. You know, the second thing this genealogy reminded me as I was reading it, um, we're never so far gone that we can't come back to God. We see it in Abraham again when he puts his own wife at risk. We see it in David when he gets into bed with a woman who's not his wife. We see it over and over in the story of God's people. When they turn from God, they're never so far away that they can't come back to God. And you know, I think that's for me, Christmas is a, just a reminder that Jesus came to save. Uh, his name actually means God saves. And I think that's the main idea of this passage. That's one of the reasons Matthew includes this passage, that Jesus comes from this long line in Israel's history, but it's a, it's a line of brokenness. It's a, it's, it's a family tree that's a bit misshapen along the way. It's, it's a family tree that's filled with sinful people, although Jesus himself is without sin. And so he comes from this long line of fallen kings and, and also from courageous men and courageous women who did the right thing. 
And today in this holiday season, that's the Savior who's waiting for you. That's the Savior whose hand of grace is extended to you. Well, we hope you'll join us tomorrow for our next podcast as Bailey Griswold carries us through the end of Matthew chapter 1. See you next time. Thank you for joining us today for the New Vision Podcast. We hope that you have heard a word from the Lord and that you can better walk today in light of God's word. To find out more information about New Vision, we would love for you to follow us on Instagram at New Vision Life or look us up online at newvisionlife.com. And as always, we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.